Amen. You can be seated. Have you ever sensed the Holy Spirit really invite you or send you to a certain person or to a certain place to testify for Jesus? In 2001, my wife and I came to Natomas Park. This is just shortly after the community had been developed, and we knew someday we wanted to plant a church, but uh, we didn't know where. Um, We knew we wanted it to be uh, ideally in Northern California. And while we were walking through homes in Natomas Park, there was something inside of me that felt like, let's just do this now, right now. And it was two years later before we would start. But I remember driving around in Natomas Park, and there was a gal out front mowing her lawn. I wanted to approach her and just tell her how excited I was to plant a church and uh, ask her to be a part of it in two years. There was, there was a moment where I sensed that we might be in Natomas Park. I didn't know for sure, but it was like the Holy Spirit was encouraging me, this is where I'm sending you. Have you ever sensed that the Holy Spirit was sending you somewhere, was leading you some direction? Typically, it's to a certain person, to a certain group, and it's with the right words. Now, I know some of you may say, okay, not going to start a church. I don't have anything that, I'm not that adventurous of a person. But I want to argue, yes, you are. Do you know that in the last few years, we have sent lots of you on spirit-led adventures? There's a group of you that accepted the Holy Spirit's prompting to carve out a couple weeks of your life and go to rural Zimbabwe. We sent a group of you to rural Zimbabwe. Uh, underneath a, uh, the governorship of a tough dictator, a hospital that we support that uh, services hundreds and hundreds of patients that walk as far as 100 miles just to be treated by Kathy uh, McCarty, um, the nursing assistant and her staff. She's from Sebastopol uh, area. You accepted that venture You accepted that invitation, and you followed the Holy Spirit to work in Chittimoyo, Zimbabwe. Others of you have accepted the incredible challenge of going to Cambodia, of going to Swipok. I think we've sent at least two teams. You said yes, you wanted to go to Swipok, and you fell in love with what was happening there, the incredible fight for uh, the lives of young people. And you said yes to that venture. I, I commend you. Others of you, we've sent a couple teams, if not three, to Portapai, Haiti. And some of you have fallen in love with Haiti and plan on going back. I was talking to some just last week. They said, a couple of my friends, over our Easter lunch, I said, you guys have any interest in, in, in doing another developing world, world trip? And they both said, you know, we'd like to go back to Haiti. Some of us, one of them said, I'd like to go to the St. Vincent Islands, and see Amanda and Bryce Wardeman. You've got this inner call where that's where you feel like God's leading you. I want to suggest that inner call comes from the Holy Spirit. He's in the sending business. Several of us, one time, as many as 35 of us, uh, went to Tijuana, Mexico. That's a bold move to go to Tijuana, Mexico these days. And we went as families. I think we had six or seven families. We all stayed in one house. It was a good-sized house. And we served all week long. 
others of you have committed to serving right here in Natomas. You've served with Family Promise. As many as 50 families from Adventure have given their time and energies to Family Promise. Others of you have gotten involved in coming alongside the homeless and have partnered with Fishers of Men and have served hundreds every, uh, every couple weekends in, uh, in each month. And then some of you have just gotten engaged in serving in Natomas any way you can, whether it's at a park, whether it's at Safeway, or, or at, at uh, the club, working out, or California Fitness, you have viewed yourself as an ambassador right here, and you're open to the Holy Spirit leading you to testify, to show mercy to our community. I commend you for your adventurous, your venturous spirit. And what I want to suggest this morning is that the Holy Spirit is in the business of sending us to testify for Jesus constantly. And what I want to admit is that sometimes I don't want to go. Sometimes I'm tired, sometimes I'm overscheduled, and I just want to stay home and just chill. But I think the Holy Spirit is constantly trying to lead me to people that are searching, that want to know God better, that want answers. And I think he's in the same business in your life. And this morning, I'll tell you where I'm at. I'm going to walk you through a couple examples of the Holy Spirit leading individuals. One's going to be kind of over the top in the persecuted world. Then I'm going to be in an example in Acts chapter 8 where the Holy Spirit led uh, a young man to, to meet another man and introduce him to Jesus, to testify about Jesus. And then I'm going to ask all of you to join me in praying that the Holy Spirit will fill us more with His energy, His love, His discipline, His courage to be willing for Him to send you wherever He wants to send you. The Spirit is sending us to testify for Jesus, for sure. Dr. Ripken, who is the author of The Insanity of God, and a Kentucky native, worked six years in Somalia, leading a project just prior to uh, the uh, American effort there, captured in the film Black Hawk Down. He led a, a benevolent compassion project to save lives. He considered the amount of evil there uh, just palpable. He said it was like a vice grip on my heart when I was there. And when he left Somalia after six years, after the UN gave up on Somalia, he began researching globally the persecuted Christians and the challenge of maintaining faith in Jesus in a persecuted country. So he went to China he went to Russia, he um, went to Indonesia, and in the Middle East. He didn't always give the names of the countries he was at. And his schedule was packed for a year until he got this email from this European doctor that said to Mr. Ripken, we have fellow friends, uh, fellow uh, co-workers. I believe that the Lord needs you to come to this, this country. He didn't even give the name of the country in his story. And... The doctor said to Nick, this Kentucky writer, 
I think you really need to come now, the man wrote. And Nick Ribkin was extremely busy. He said, hey, uh, I'm not trying to be rude, but please stop asking me to visit. I'm not coming to your country at this time. And this doctor just kept pressing him. And Nick said, um, I'm not coming <laughs> till next year. I'm fully packed. And then all of a sudden, his schedule completely cleared. Cancellations. Two weeks of cancellations. And the doctor, this European doctor, continued to press Nick and said, hey, I really think you need to come. And Nick humbled himself and he said, it suddenly looks like I don't have anything else to do for two weeks. I guess I'll be coming your way. Isn't that just like the Holy Spirit to lead us a direction that we don't, our schedule doesn't fit? Maybe our, even our own personal desires don't fit, and yet the Holy Spirit believes it's the best use of our time and resources. And so Nick flies into this country to meet this doctor on an airstrip uh, at a border town that bordered a country where to be a Christian was uh, a risk of your own life. It's not an exaggeration. In some regions of our world, Somalia is one of, one of them. While Nick was there, he believed that there were only 40 Christians in all of Mogadishu, the capital city. And the last four that were there were his friends. They were all martyred when he left. And so for Nick to meet with this doctor was, like all of his meetings, high risk. They required lots of security checks to make certain that it was safe for him, even to exit the plane and get on the tarmac. Well, he says he flies into the city to meet with this doctor, and the doctor and Nick exchange greetings, and the first question the doctor asked of Nick was in reference to the five Muslims that were dressed in traditional Muslim dress by the plane. Uh, the doctor asked Nick, who are your friends? And Nick said, you don't know who they are? And the doctor said, uh, uh, Nick said, you don't know who they are? And um, Nick continued and he said, no, I didn't even know who they were. I didn't even know, even know who you were until 30 seconds ago. Nick's totally perplexed. The doctor was too. And the doctor said, well, listen, he looked at the, the Muslims and said, if you don't know these men, and if I don't know these men, we have, a, we have a severe security issue here. They told me they came to meet you. So the doctor abruptly left. He said, hey, I'm going to have to leave you now. Here's my cell phone number. If everything turns out all right, call me. What that means is if you're alive tomorrow morning, call me and I'll come back to you. Then he turned and he walked away. Nick says, I was stunned and it dawned on me that I was already praying. Nick had already practiced high level of security at all of the international spots he had been at. And he immediately left this group of Muslims and started heading back to the terminal to get on the next plane out of there. These Muslims caught up to him, started grabbing his bags, and they said, Sir, in broken English, please stop. We are all followers of Jesus. Please meet with us. Nick stopped, turned to listen, and the summary of their story rang true to him. Against his better judgment, but sensing the hand of God on that meeting, Nick says he went with his five unnamed, new Muslim friends 
to a room that they had rented nearby them. Each of them briefly sketched their own story of how the Spirit led them to Jesus. They had each had dreams and visions that had raised spiritual questions and prompted a long search for answers. They had each miraculously found a Bible, a tremendous rarity in the Muslim world. After reading the entire Bible through and through several times, each of them on their own decided to follow Jesus. Each of them had been rejected and disowned by their own family, and they had to leave for their own life. They left their own country, and they made their way to this very border town in this very country in this small border town. Somehow they found each other. These five guys, somehow they found each other and realized they all had the same newfound faith in Christ. They didn't know what to do, but instinctively they started meeting in the tiny third floor apartment that Nick was brought to. They met daily from midnight until 3 a.m. to ensure that no one would catch them reading the Bible and praying together. These five Muslims, they read the Word of God privately and tried to provide spiritual support and encouragement because they'd all lost everything. Then they said that at 1.30 in the morning, the very morning that Nick met them at this airstrip, the Holy Spirit told them to go to the airport The Spirit told them that they were to go to the first white man who got off the plane. That would be Nick. And the Holy Spirit told them that he was sending this man to answer all their questions about Jesus. Then they asked Nick, before you start teaching us about Jesus, we have another question for you. Where have you been these last two months? I share that story with you because it captures the idea that the Holy Spirit is leading us constantly. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. If you break down that actual commission, it actually says, as you're going, make disciples. As you're going about your business, go and teach others about Jesus. And like the Holy Spirit led Nick to this airstrip in the border town of a persecuted country, the Spirit is sending us to testify for Jesus constantly. The Spirit is sending us to testify for Jesus. One of Paul's co-workers, Philemon, uh, was told by Paul, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. The bold move that the Spirit is leading all of us to start practicing is to sense that we've been sent to testify of Jesus. I want to read another example. It's from the Bible. It's in Acts chapter 8, and it captures the Spirit of God leading uh, another man, Philip, who's a young um, leader in the early church, and you're going to see again how the Spirit leads him to, to the right person at the right place. It's in Acts chapter 8. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and we'll get one out to you. I'm going to read verses 26 and following. You're going to see how God's Spirit led someone to connect with another life. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, 
And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? Simple question, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. Quote, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? An obvious reference to the crucifixion made in the 7th century, some 700 years before the life of Jesus. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip, with that very passage of scripture, began at that very, then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water, why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Folks, I want to suggest that the Spirit is sending us to testify of Jesus just like he did Nick, just like he did Philip here. The Spirit tells Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Just go and stay near it. I'll never forget, one of the jobs I had in college was washing trucks. It wasn't a very noble job. It's the work I was able to find. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. I love the guys I got to work with. Uh, they were challenging. They were admitted rednecks. I'm telling you, they would tell you they're rednecks. You, don't, you, don't, you never would maybe tell them you're redneck. They'd say, I'm a redneck. I'm a, How do you know you're a redneck? They said, well, I've got a coon dog. Um, I chew tobacco all the time, and I wear cowboy boots, and I'm willing to fight at the drop of a hat. And my boss was this shorter guy. In my mind, I've, I refer to him as General Grant. He was the toughest guy. I would n- not even mess with him. I mean, I did whatever he wanted, and he was five years younger than me. Anyways, I invited him to come uh, to uh, my home for dinner one time. I invited him to consider coming to services. He wasn't interested at all. But... I felt like God told me to stay close to this guy. Stay close to him. And that's what I did. Even though he wasn't interested at all. In fact, sometimes he got on to me. He could be really firm with me. It was great. I needed it. And I would often wonder, Lord, open this guy's heart, please. You know, just a few years ago, I got a phone call from him. He called me. It's, we've been separate for almost 20 years. And he said, Scott, I got to tell you something. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? He said, you remember when you worked for me, you, you would always, uh, you know, reach out to me. You were my friend. You invited me to come to church, and, you know, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But I appreciated the fact that you were just there, and you cared for me even though I wasn't interested in, in Jesus. I want you to know I had surgery recent, recently. It went wrong, a knee surgery. I almost lost my life. And the person I knew that I could reach out to was Jesus. And I want to thank you for being there because I needed that. I got to tell you, 
it convince me more than anything that wherever I work, wherever I live, wherever I'm at, that the Spirit is sending me to the right people all the time. He is sending me to people to testify of Jesus. Even if, even if, there's, if there's no apparent hope that they're catching it. I wish this guy were here today. You'd love him. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. Philip was sent to this Ethiopian. And the scripture says that Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told the good news about Jesus. Coincidentally, this Ethiopian was actually reading from a very prophecy that foretold Jesus' suffering on the cross. Boy, Philip knew what to say. He knew how to answer that question. And I tell you, sometimes, sometimes we hear questions that are challenging, especially in our culture. It, things get really mixed up. And we have to lean on the Holy Spirit to give us the right words with people. Constantly, I don't know if you guys do this, I constantly, even before I get on the phone or send an email, I mean, not, not just a, a, you know, a, something very unimportant, but if there's something where I think, wow, this is significant, I always say, Lord, please give me the right words. Not my words. You give me the right words that are going to touch this person the way you want to touch them. And here's why that's so important. The Spirit is sending us with the good news about Jesus. And the good news about Jesus can easily get convoluted with politics and opinions. Folks, we just want to connect people with Jesus. Let the politicians deal with politics. We want people to know Christ, to experience His love, to become adopted children in His family. Jesus Himself said that when you speak on behalf of of God, that it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And so you might not know what to say, but the Spirit will give you the right words. And that's what happened here in this narrative. God gave Philip the right words, the Ethiopian had the right question, and Philip was able to answer the question. Now, sometimes you won't have the answer to the question, and you can say, you know what? I don't know. That's the smartest answer there is sometimes. I have no idea, but I'll see if I can find out for you. And you can go to the Word of God and provide leadership and direction for people. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, here's water. Why should I not be baptized? And he's baptized immediately. Folks, as we... As we go about, we've got to view ourselves as being sent by the Holy Spirit to testify for Jesus. The Spirit is sending us to the right people. The Spirit is sending us with the good news about Jesus. And that doesn't mean everyone's going to embrace it. I was reflecting recently. In the summer of 2003, I set up a table out front of Rayleigh's with a little card table where I was passing out brochures on how to drug-proof your teens. It was written by the senior pastor at Adventure of Roseville. And uh, I was, I saw one of my neighbors. I just started. We didn't have any services yet. And one of my neighbors in this community was coming. I was like, oh, cool. One of my neighbors, I know someone. He was coming. I was like, hey, neighbor. He intentionally did not pay attention to me. He walked right by me and was not interested in what I was doing at all. 
I thought, oh my word, this is going to be a long day at Rayleigh's. But I got to tell you, whereas many people like him weren't interested, there were also some others that were interested and are still a part of our church to this day. Our job is to, is to testify of Jesus. We're to trust God, the Father, with the seeds we plant. We're to trust him and just testify and love people unconditionally. The Spirit is leading us to the right people. The Spirit is sending us with the good news about Jesus. Now, how do you know the Spirit is sending you a certain direction? Because I think it can get kind of confusing. Where is the Lord leading me? And I think there's a great test for as to whether or not God's leading you a certain direction. To a certain person, to a certain people group, uh, to share the good news. And it comes from Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Paul says, this is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is full of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If I'm following the Holy Spirit, it is going to create more Christ-likeness in me. I'm going to grow in character. I'm going to grow in humility. I'm going to grow more in personal discipline. I'm going to grow more in unconditional love for my coworkers, my friends, and my family. If I'm following the Spirit, that's going to happen. I'm going to become more like Christ. It's, it may not be easier. There may not be more comfort in it, but there will be more self-denial required, and I'll grow in Jesus Christ. I'll become a better father, a better husband, a better neighbor, a better worker. That's just a guarantee that in any direction you're going, the Holy Spirit wants you to grow in Christ-likeness. It's something He does, you don't do on your own. Secondly, is that I have a peace about it. It's like, I really trust that this is the direction the Lord's leading me. Oh, there's a tremendous peace about it. I don't worry. I have peace in this situation. That is a great measure as to whether or not the Lord's leading you a direction. He'll always lead you towards Christ's character in you. He'll always lead you to more peace, more peace. And when I think about peace, I, I think about how he was able to quell the, the tides of Galilee in just a voice. He was able to bring peace. When the Lord's leading me, he gives me more peace. It's not that things aren't, more, aren't challenging, that schedules aren't uh, more conflicting, that there is, aren't more challenges in the home. But I have peace while I'm addressing them. And thirdly, I have joy. Nehemiah said, may the joy of the Lord be your strength. When I'm following the Holy Spirit's lead to testify, I have a joy about it. There's, there's no worry. There's no um, 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 joy, uh, joylessness. There's just joy in the Lord that he's providing and that he's leading. Can you imagine if we had a growing number of Christ followers in our adventure family and in all the churches of Natomas that were testifying of Jesus, that viewed themselves as having been sent to our community to testify of Jesus? What if every day we made bold moves to testify for Jesus while opening our homes during hectic work weeks, at hospital bedsides, in prison visitation, at homeless shelters, at weddings, at funerals, at Rayleigh's? or even on our Benvenuti campus. Imagine how much of Jesus' hope we would bring to our imperfect world 
It is the Holy Spirit that counsels, teaches, guides, and leads us to testify of Jesus. Now, Lauren is going to lead us in a closing song here in a moment. And as he does, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me related to the Spirit's invitation and sending of you personally to testify of Jesus. In Luke chapter 11, one of Paul's co-workers captures Jesus having said, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This morning, folks, I want us collectively to ask the Father to give us more of his Holy Spirit, to ask for more. Paul said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And I'm just going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, give us more of your Holy Spirit and send us to testify for Jesus. As Lauren leads the song, you can... Uh, You can sit, you can kneel, you can stand and lift your hands, whatever you want to do. But I want to take a few minutes and give you a time to pray and ask God your Father to fill you more with His Spirit so that you will be empowered to love, to live a life of discipline, to live a life of courage, and especially to be sent to testify of Jesus. Maybe this is your prayer today. Heavenly Father, give me more of your Holy Spirit. I want to be entrusted with more. Lord, your Spirit says that He is a Spirit of love, agape love, unconditional love, of peace, of patience, of goodness, of gentleness, of kindness, self-control. Fill me with that love. Fill me with that love for others that I might be so critical of or envious of. Fill me with that love for my co-workers, for my neighbors, for the people that live in my own home, and perhaps even for the people whom I wish lived in my own home. Fill me with the love of Jesus Christ. Your spirit, Heavenly Father, is a spirit of power. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Fill me with this power to become the person that you envisioned me to be, to experience confirmation into Jesus' character, for my heart to be formed into the heart of Christ, for my mind to be have the thoughts of Christ to be formed and finally for my life to be transformed fully changed help move me the direction of Christ your spirit is not just a spirit of love and of power your spirit is a spirit of discipline Lord I'm not disciplined I need you I need you to move me you to lead me, and I'll give you all the credit for what you're doing in our, in our lives. If that's your prayer this morning, then I just challenge you to just follow, use the words I used or your own words, and speak to him. Heavenly Father, give us more of your spirit. 
send us to testify for Jesus. And in our culture where information is so viral, politics are so loud, help us speak softly just to get people to connect with Jesus alone. That's it. Nothing else. As we sing this final verse, may those words, one of them or your own, be your prayer. Lauren.